sports, politics, life. MyPillow presents Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Use promo code KKHI at MyPillow.com. Election season is here. Monday is the Iowa caucuses, and we all know what is on the line for Republican presidential candidates. I personally believe this thing is going to fade very quickly. There will not be much of a primary season. There's nothing going on with the Democrats, and this thing will be decided in a matter of weeks. And the Iowa caucuses, I think Trump will win. I think the polling is very strong there. Now, the caucuses are weird. It's not it's not the same as just lining up and going in and voting and having a primary. So it's a completely different deal. And Ron DeSantis has 1,500 caucus leaders at various precincts and counties around the state and is believed to have the best ground game that anybody's ever built in the state of Iowa. So you never really know what happens when people get together and start talking about who they're going to vote for, which is what caucuses are. So a lot of things can happen, but... I've been just kind of feeling like a little bit of excitement toward this just to get some, I don't want some long drawn out, dragged out thing until, you know, the conventions this summer. Let's figure out who's running against who and let's go. Let's let's just get it done and let's start working toward November and talking about the things that are important to the American people. I felt pretty strongly about that from the start. And I know that takes it away from a lot of states and a lot of people, but I, it, you know, Hey, listen, if it's close in the early states, if it goes from Iowa close to New Hampshire, South Carolina, and it's close everywhere, then great. It will expand out and be a national primary. That's just fine. But there are no indications at this point it's going to be like that. My fear for this week of podcasts is the closer we get to the Chiefs game on Saturday night, the more we are talking about football and postseason, and we sort of forget that Monday is the Iowa caucuses. So I wanted to bring a whole bunch of topics here to the top of the podcast, less than a week away. And the first is a map that CNN offered up yesterday, which was tasty and delicious. They put up their first electoral college map for the presidential race, and they are basically naming Trump as the presumptive nominee. And they've done the head-to-head with the polling around the country. And the the first CNN electoral college map has Trump winning the election without... Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Arizona being decided. In other words, this would be one of those election night deals where, uh-oh, they, they stopped the counting in Pennsylvania. They're going to let you know tomorrow who wins. We've got mayhem in Maricopa County out in Arizona. There's problems going on there, and there's an abnormality in Wisconsin, and we're just not sure what's going on in those states. So that that's basically saying we don't know what happens, although Trump is leading in those three states, barely, but he's leading in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Arizona. It's basically saying, okay, too close to call. We've got abnormalities. We've got problems. No Pennsylvania, no Wisconsin, no Arizona. And on election night, Trump still has 272 electoral college votes and wins. It is, well, there's 40 votes. There's 40 electoral college votes in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Arizona. So at 272, you can clearly see that he can get to 312, which is a landslide, if he wins those as well. The first CNM, and it just killed him. When they're out there going over this map, you know, they commission all this work and they go, okay, here's how it spells out in the map. They said, we're going to do it the week of the Iowa caucuses. We're going to show people what it is. This is going to be fear tactics by the Democrats. Now they're wanting to take the opposite of what they've always done. And that is, who's our Democrat candidate? Oh, they're winning in the polling because they're so cool. They're this and that. This is going to be scare tactics. The Democrats are going to say, oh my God, the, the Nazi is winning If the election were held today, my God, democracy would be dead. Our republic is gone. It's shot. There are stunning numbers out there for Trump. Gains in Hispanic voters, black voters, 
And the largest gain since Obama was president, or if you even want to go back to George W. Bush, the largest gain now is with young men, period, young men. The younger men are going toward Trump. And it's like four points higher than it was in 2020. 2020 was slightly higher than 2016, but not much. It is just gradually, gradually, gradually trickled up. And many of these obviously are uh, college students, recent college grads, things of that nature. I'll tell you what, my, I, I've, I've spoken to one of my kids, and they're, they're getting older now, so they don't have a lot in common with college kids anymore. They're getting older. But they don't like their situation in America. They think they've been left something bad. They think they're left with a fading, falling country and two old geezers as choices for president, and they're pissed. And given the option of one old geezer over another, I guess they'll take the one that's not senile. That's kind of what it's looking like. And I think back to when I was in my 20s, and if I was thinking about somebody that was 80 that was running for president, you know, Reagan was in his 70s, and I voted for Reagan. He was the first president I voted for, and I gladly voted for Reagan because I didn't see him as, he reminded me a lot of my dad. I didn't see him as like four generations ahead of me. I didn't really see it that way. I saw him as somebody to look up to. I saw him as a wise person. He made a lot of sense. He made me feel good about America, and he was doing great things for America, and I never really looked at it like that. Kids today, they, they're more judgmental. I was raised to respect my elders. I've always respected my elders in broadcasting. I looked up to Frank Bowl and Jack Harry and even Don Fortune and many people in Kansas City that worked before me. There was a legendary, just a tremendous communicator and broadcaster named Dan Henry. Maybe many of you remember Dan Henry. Just a phenomenal weatherman, broadcaster, person, all of those things. There were some real greats here, and I looked up to all of them. You know, Max and Tana and Moffat and some of the people on KY102 and Randy Miller and some of the just tremendous broadcasters in the industry that are older than I am. And I wanted to learn from them, and I looked up to them. I didn't idolize them, but I looked up to them, and I respected them. And I fear that there's not much of that going on in this country right now. Young people feel like they're ripped off, they're getting cheated, that they'll never own a home, I'll never be able to buy a house. I get into arguments all the time with one of my kids. He's been to Europe like five times. He's not 30 yet. Yeah, I've never been to Europe. He's, I'll never be able to afford a house. Stop going on vacation. You have a great job that pays plenty of money. (laughs) You you really do. You're, You're ahead of the game for your age. You're way ahead of the game for your age, but you're choosing to live a different lifestyle than I chose in my 20s. I was married, raising children, buying houses and building for my future, and saving for retirement. You're living your 20s out in a far different way than me. That's your choice. I raised you. You turned 21. You're on your own. You live your life. I lived mine. These things are generational. But they're looking at this now in the election, and they're going, wait a second. We're getting ripped off. And right now, young people appear in massive numbers to be blaming Joe Biden. And if they're not blaming him, they look at him as a complete and utter embarrassment and an indictment of the system and say that won't stand. Now, I'm going to say it one more time because you're, it's, the number of people that are saying this is getting smaller, I feel. I think I might have been the first one you ever heard say this, and I'm going to stay with it. I am not backing down. I hope I'm wrong. I pray I'm wrong. I still don't think Biden is on the ballot in November. I do not. 
I think the Democrats will do anything to win. Newt Gingrich did an interview this week where he says he is genuinely worried the Democrats will do whatever it takes to win, that for them, it's the rule of power, not the rule of law. It's a dangerous thing predicting elections. It, it, it just is. Now, I do a podcast, so I really don't have a lot to lose here. But a guy like Chip Roy, who's a Republican congressman out of Texas, says he believes there's a massive surge in Iowa for DeSantis, and it will play out on Monday. That with these 1,500 caucus chairmen that he has, DeSantis is about to shock the world in Iowa and says Trump will not get a majority of the vote. So Trump won't get 50% or over 50% is what Chip Roy is saying. And he's predicting that DeSantis will have a massive surge on Monday. He's a DeSantis guy, but this is dangerous. I like Chip Roy. He's the one speaking out about this budget deal not being the right thing. There's a lot of things I like about Chip Roy. He's one of us. He's on our side. There's goodness to Chip Roy, but this is really dangerous. A week before election, trying to, what, gin up votes for DeSantis by saying he's going to shock the world on Monday? I don't know if DeSantis is going to shock the world on Monday. If he does, it will make a powerful statement. It will say that people are quietly telling pollsters they're Trump people, and then they went and voted or caucused for DeSantis. That would be a massive shift. The media is trying to tell you that Nikki Haley is going to be great. I ain't buying it. <laughs> Conservatives that will vote in a primary, there's no chance Nikki Haley's getting those votes. So I don't buy that. Phil Klein is the former attorney general in the great state of Kansas. He's now the director of the Amistad Project. And his only issue, his only business in life is election integrity. He has sued the federal government. He's tried to file lawsuits for the 2020 election. He's done as much as anyone, although he's not as high profile as Harmeet Dillon and some of these other people. Phil Klein went on Newsmax with Sebastian Gorka on Monday and said, quote, our 2024 elections are not secure. Phil Klein went on to say, we have not fixed what we needed to fix. And he made it sound like we're not close. A new expression will happen in 2024 because for some reason, America collectively is allergic to understanding the truth and initiating common sense reform. He says that the Democrats, through law changes since 2000, after Bush Gore and the hanging chads, the Democrats have spent 20 years perfecting small little laws and giant laws that have benefited them to privatize elections, to count ballots off-site where the election workers that are sanctioned are not watching, that billionaires like Mark Zuckerberg are able to privatize this. And when they have not been able to privatize it with money from billionaires, they're letting nonprofits tabulate votes. They're letting nonprofit agencies take bags and bags and bags of ballots and votes and count them. That these people cannot be trusted, that the left has worked on this for 20 years. And he says, this isn't something we can fix in four years. It is a 20-year massive project by Democrats to steal elections that they saw what happened with the hanging chads in Bush v. Gore and said, we're going to go play the long game here. The lucky thing for them was Obama came along and America fell in love with Obama. Now, a gazillion people that voted for Obama don't vote for Democrats anymore because they found out he was a fraud and, and that he lied and that he's not what he said he was. You cannot explain Joe Biden's 81 million votes. It is absolutely impossible. He's nowhere near that today. Nowhere near that. And Phil Klein is saying he is sounding the alarm bell. It does not matter. And he used this term, a new expression. He says, I don't know what it's going to be, but they know what they're doing. It's the same thing Newt Gingrich says. It's the rule of power, 
not the rule of law. They are completely and utterly driven by staying in power and keeping the others out of power. Now, we see this. We talked about it a little bit yesterday. We see this in Colorado where they want to take Trump off the ballot in these other states. It isn't just about keeping Trump from running for president because Trump's not going to win Colorado. It's about keeping Republican voters at home so down-ballot races like Senate, Congress, state representatives, that, enough, that Republicans are not showing up. They may live in precincts or areas where there are more Republicans than Democrats, but now if they can't go vote for their presidential candidate because he's not on the ballot, they stay home. And it helps the Democrats win those other ones. This is a massive, nefarious scam. The Supreme Court's going to shoot it down. This will be an asterisk and an afterthought, I believe, by November. I think all this stuff will. I think Trump's going to be the nominee. I do not think it's going to be Biden. I don't think it's going to be Michelle Obama. I still think they're going to go with Gavin Newsom. He's on vacation in Mexico right now with Bill Clinton. I think there's some mojo there. I, I, I just think they're going to come to a point and go, Biden can't do this. They want to get through the primary season. They do not want a primary. They don't want Gavin up against Kamala and, you know, somebody, Buttigieg running again and crazy Bernie and all these other people. They don't want that. They want to get to warm weather, primary season is over, make an announcement, Biden's out, and somebody else is, we're going to have it. We'll do this at the, I, I felt all along that they will finalize this at their convention in July or August, whenever it is. But that's when it will be. It'll be a new candidate. It'll be a short campaign. It will be an energetic surge for Democrat voters who will say, there's my younger candidate. All these young voters I'm talking about right now that are swinging toward Trump because Biden is such an old fart. All those people will go, all right, I'll look at Gavin Newsom because he's more, he's closer to my age. I'm telling you, all these warnings are true. This election is not over. It is great that if we went to the lever, if we were voting on this Tuesday and pulled the lever, Trump would win. I have no doubt about that. But it is not November. And these things really scare me. They truly do. KKHI is brought to you by the Finch Knife Company. My man, Spencer Marquardt over at Finch Knife Company, sent me an email this week. He said, Kevin, you know what? Starting Wednesday, you, I, had a, I had a listener send me an email that with his company and the people he's with, he bought 50 Finch pocket knives and had them laser engraved on the blade and gave them away to his clients and employees and such. That is a great idea for a corporate gift. Finch Knife Co. can do it any way you like it with your logos on those blades. Anyway, Spencer sent me an email, said starting Wednesday, they're having their first sale ever at Finch Knife Co. It's 20% off on their website. Every single knife except the Runtley XL and the McCoy, those are brand new. Those models just came out, okay? So starting Wednesday, January 10th through next Tuesday, that's it. One week only, 20% off site-wide. Every single Finch pocket knife, 20% off, except the Runtley and the McCoy. Finchknifeco.com. Their newest design, Hellfire, is headed to dealers in mid-February. It's going to be awesome. It's receiving all kinds of attention. They're taking it to a blade show in Atlanta where they've already got a, it's well-received reception on this beautiful Hellfire knife they're coming up with. This is going to be great. Sale prices are available through their network of dealers as well as direct from them at the website. So if you go to... Shields, you can also see the Finch knives there at 20% off. 20% off Finch pocket knives through Wednesday through Tuesday, except for the two models, finchknifeco.com. Big sales at bstock.net. 
Today's probably not the day you're running out there with all the snow, but you have time to get a great new 85-inch TV up and ready to go, and you can watch the Chiefs on Channel 41 Saturday night with your new Samsung TU7000, MSRP, $1,300. Hmm. Bstock.net, $899. And if you live in Kansas City, they can deliver it. Want to do more? The Samsung Q60B 85-inch is just $999. $999 for an 85-inch TV. Lenovo ThinkPad L14s, just $399. Vizio's in-store, 25% off. And they've got appliances at bstock.net, 14680 South Flaming Road. And don't forget, my man Gary Joslin and his team of my friends over there, Dave and Cameron. This Valentine's season, Joslin's Jewelry, 95th and Antioch, is the jewelry you'll recommend to your friends and family. No sales commissions, no pressure, no worries. Just a wonderful shopping experience at Joslin's in Overland Park. How about this 737 MAX 9 jet for Alaska Airlines where the door, what do we call this? The door plug blew off mid-flight. You've seen it. Now United Airlines says they found loose bolts on their door plugs. I'm the only person asking this question. I keep watching the news coverage. I wasn't going to talk about this story much because it's bad. It's really bad. But the I don't hear anybody asking the simple question. Why the hell are they building airplanes with door plugs? Either put the door on or build the fuselage without a door hole. They order these planes to be built, right? I'm Alaska Airlines. I'm United Airlines. I'm ordering a 737 MAX 9. And because they're cheap, okay, they don't want that extra exit row. If there's an exit row, you lose frequently or typically, you can lose a whole row of seats. So people who are taking orders of this airplane are saying, we don't want the extra exit row. Plug the door. We have enough exit doors. We have one where you load in the front. We have one back in the back where the flight attendants are. And we have one in the middle. But we don't need two in the middle. We don't want the extra fourth exit door. Plug the door. Why would you build the fuselage with the door hole? They're plugging door holes. Okay, let me, let me start over if you haven't seen this. If you're sitting in exit in 26A, you are next to a window. There is no exit door there. You don't see a door. It's just the interior is done like the rest of the airplane, and you've got your little window. You can look out the whole deal. What you don't know is the other side of that plastic crap that you're leaning up against is a plugged door. There is not a door in there. It is a door plug. And as the plane flies and hits turbulence and it hits the ground, apparently the bolts come a little bit loose in the door plug. Because it's not designed for a door plug. It's designed for a door. And if you're not going to put a door in there, build the fuselage without the door hole. Am I crazy here? I can't be the only person. I'm not an engineer. I don't work for Boeing. I can't be the only person. Don't build it. Don't build the fuselage with a door hole. If the order for the airplane is, we don't want a door there, don't build the hole into the fuselage and plug it. Oh, my God. How many corners are we cutting in aviation these days? Between overcrowded airports, air traffic controllers stressed out, pressures to fly. We're plugging doors. 
Can you imagine custom building a $100 million aircraft or whatever these things cost? $75 million aircraft. Can you imagine building that? And they take, what, two years to build one? Oh, there's a hole there. Let's plug it with bolts. They don't even like rebuild it and rivet the thing back together. Nope. Apparently, we're going to leave it to where we can take the door plug out and install a door if we need to. What? Your airplane shouldn't be a convertible. By definition, that is a convertible airplane. We think of convertible cars as top comes down. Well, anything that is convertible becomes something that it is not designed to be. That's what this is. This is a convertible airplane. I'm not surprised that the door plug doesn't work. What? Oh, my God. Are you serious? What about the Boeing brand? And, and seriously, the word Max. I mean, they got to drop Max on everything now. The Max 8s were out of commission for, what, a year and a half? Now the Max 9 is the next thing. They're, just drop the name Max. Just go drop 737. It's time for something new. And I don't know about Boeing's brand and stock price and everything else. They're grounding airplanes all over the place again. Again. Oh, my gosh. Did you guys see this story? You know, uh, you've probably watched television or heard on the radio a company called Jericho Home Improvement in Kansas City. Jericho says it's the largest independent home remodel in America. In other words, they're not corporate-owned. The owner and CEO is a man named John Bartram. He does his own commercials. You've seen him on television for years. He talks a little bit about the Bible. Jericho, obviously, is what he named his company. He has always just appeared to be the person anyone would aspire to be, right? You look at the commercials, you go, wow, well, there's a good person. John Bartram in 2019 was arrested on DUI and a disturbance at his house. They live out at 159th and something, maybe farther than 168th and something in Stillwell or Stanley. Apparently, he's got a little bit of a checkered past, has some crazy incidences at his residence, a DUI, some charges. I didn't know this. Saturday night after midnight, so technically Sunday morning, this dude apparently is in his car. After midnight on Saturday night in the middle of winter, at 63rd and Prospect near the BP gas station right there off the highway. That's 49 Highway or 71 or whatever you want to call it. And he is found dead in the parking lot, shot. John Bartram, the guy in all the commercials, dead. He's dead. Uh, the police don't know much. They have a person of interest that they're interviewing. There have to be some security cameras where we can see a little bit of what happened. But he was not in his car. They found him in a parking lot, it said. As I understand, he was like laying on the ground. They called and, I mean, this could have been something as simple as a carjacking or it could have been something nefarious that he was there doing some sort of a deal. When you hear, if you live in Kansas City long enough and you hear Prospect Avenue, it gets your attention. 63rd in Prospect, there's worse places on Prospect, but... This is right off the freeway, so you could have gotten off. There isn't much there. There's a pharmacy close by. There's not a lot there. I don't think there's a bunch of nightclubs or – I, I don't know. I, I'm not at 63rd. The only thing I could see is I've, I've pulled off there, I think. I think there's a place a little farther down where I would go, maybe where there's a quick trip. 
Um, if, if I was almost out of gas or I had to pee or something like that, I, I, anybody sometimes needs to pull off the highway. I don't know. But I thought, man, this guy's squeaky clean, and now we're learning about his past. There was some stuff in his past, and he got shot dead at 63rd and Prospect after midnight on a Saturday night, apparently all alone. I, I don't know. All I can tell you is I'm shocked. I shared the story with many people, and they're like, what? Like, everybody in Kansas City is like, huh? What is that exactly? We don't know. There are more predictable bad things in the world, like Howard Stern locking himself down. Howard Stern's the famous broadcaster who gives broadcasting a bad name now. I was a Howard Stern fan. I thought he was a revolutionary, a rebel, funny, anti-establishment, anti-corporation. He was all in favor of, you know, the power of producing the content that I want to produce through free speech, all the things that I believe in and stand for. And then this guy made so much money and joined Sirius XM and got hundreds of millions of dollars and became like the most corporate liberal freaking wacko shield you've heard in the history of the world. That's what he became and is. And he obviously has screws loose. He's always had screws loose in a good way, in a good way. There's something wrong in Howard Stern's head. You can't have listened to his content through the years and not gone, well, this dude's wackadoodle. He is wackadoodle, but that was part of it. It was part of the greatness of it all because he is one of the greatest. He's one of the goats. This guy's nuts, man. He's, he's been in fear of COVID since it started. He's afraid he's going to die. He is convinced that if he gets COVID, he's dead. Period. That he's the chosen one. He sees himself as some sort of different than everyone else. I'm the chosen one. And maybe he thinks of himself as unhealthy. He's a germaphobe. You notice a lot of liberal people are germ freaks. Although Trump's a germ freak, as I understand it. Not a freak, but he's conscious of it. Um, have you noticed that? Much? But a lot. Okay, so he feels like he's going to die. If he ever gets COVID, he's going to die. So he's had eight shots between the original Vax, which isn't a Vax, and the boosters. He's had eight of these. And he has spoken about this on his show, that I'm going to die, and I'm doing everything I can. And his wife goes out without him on the town of Manhattan, and he gets mad. They live in New York, and he's had problems with her. He's like, don't go out with your girlfriends on wine night and go to dinner and then come back here to me, sleep in a different room. We need to go a couple of days and I need to make sure that you're not sick with COVID. This is no joke. He's literally pushed his wife away and said, live in a different part of the mansion if you've gone out. If you've gone out and been around others, eh, he's been broadcasting from home. He's terrified of COVID. Eight shots. He has something he calls his apocalypse bunker in his house. He has a bunker in his house. Well, he's got COVID now. And he's pissed at the world. He says it's awful. He says it's worse than he thought. It's the most horrible thing ever. And he just keeps going on and on and on about COVID. He's scared to death. He's canceled his show. He's not working. Howard, I got news for you. When you're better in a couple of days and you feel yourself, you're going to be in way better shape than you were with those eight shots. Your body just built immunity. It did. It's helping itself. Your body's fighting off COVID right now. And then if you ever get it again, you probably won't know it because you've got natural immunity, which is a lot better than your eight shots. You wackadoodle. Dude is freaking nuts. Sports Today brought to you by Buck Roofing and Construction online at rbuckroofing.com. When this snow begins to melt, if you see ceiling spots, you got problem up on your roof. So as soon as it's gone, 
Call Ron Buck at Buck Roofing. Get that free roof inspection. There's no reason not to this spring. 913-384-2680. General rule, if your roof is 10 years old or more, and you don't remember the last time you had a roof inspection, you should make the call. It's free. 913-384-2680. You'll sleep well knowing Buck Roofing fixed the roof over your head. Tickets for Less and ticketsforless.com. No fees ever. This week, Chiefs win is your promo code. Chiefs win. Folks, you're gonna, if you if you want to go to the game, you'll be able to go pretty cheap this week. These tickets are not going to go through the roof, and Tickets for Less is going to have some real discounts for you. Or maybe you're in my situation where one of your adult kids wants to go. Have fun, Spence. Have a good time. I ain't going with you. Come spend the weekend with Dad. That's awesome. But I'm not going to the game with you. Have a nice time. Now, there could be some real bargains on club-level tickets where you're inside. You can get warm anytime you want. That's something else, too. Ticketsforless.com. 685-3322. They will personally help you on the phone or log on to ticketsforless.com and use that promo code CHIEFSWIN. If you want to go see college basketball or any other sport or concert, your promo code remains KKHI. And the Bluemont Hotel in Manhattan, it's Manhattan's business destination. If your business is planning some getaways, corporate retreats, or business meetings somewhere in Kansas this month, consider beautiful Manhattan, Kansas this spring or summer and think about a group reservation there. Or maybe you've got a wedding party, rehearsal dinner, receptions, reunions. Ghoul's Bees Indoor Entertainment Center is perfect for the dining and the fun. And the Blue Mountain Hotel has all kinds of meeting space for your business. If you'd love to have a business function there, Log on to BluemontHotel.com. That is BluemontHotel.com. My favorite stat of the week is the Miami Dolphins have lost 10 straight games where the temperature at kickoff is under 40 degrees. I cannot find a Miami Dolphins game where it was less than 10 degrees. Now, this crew has only played four. Two has got four games under 40. I don't see one under 35. So he's never played anything this cold. He grew up in Hawaii. He lives in Miami. I just, it is a factor. I keep getting emails from people, this is not a factor. The Chiefs have to play in the cold, too. I agree. Mahomes has played in much more cold weather. I don't care. He grew up in Dallas. Dallas has cold winters, too. Not like Saturday night, certainly. But it, and Mahomes has done this. It's an advantage. It doesn't guarantee the Chiefs are going to win. But if the Dolphins, as an organization, have 10 straight losses where the temperature is under 40 degrees, that's a thing. I don't care who they played or how good they were, or whatever, that's a thing. The Dolphins have two things their disadvantage. The cold is a huge disadvantage for them. They cannot simulate this. They won't even know it until they get here. They can't. And, this just in, if you hadn't noticed, the Dolphins don't beat good teams. Now, we can say the Chiefs aren't great, but you have to admit the Chiefs are a good team, right? Their defense has been outstanding. They do some things well. They've become a team this year that's different. If Mahomes doesn't turn it over, you're in for a long day with the Chiefs. You're going to have a hard time beating the Chiefs in the postseason if Mahomes doesn't turn it over because the Chiefs don't give up 20 points. You don't score on them. Nobody scores on the Chiefs. If Mahomes doesn't turn the ball over, you got, you're in for a long day. So Saturday night's pretty simple. The Chiefs take care of the football, don't turn it over, don't do stupid things, and go play against a team that has no... Like if Miami was a college team... We'd be looking at the Dolphins and saying, oh, they don't belong in the college football playoff. They didn't play anybody. Oh, they'd say they didn't beat anybody. They played teams. They just lost to all of them. They lost to every good team they played all year. They did. They didn't beat anybody any good. So I, I think that's important. And I think the weather is a factor. 
The Chiefs, this is amazing. This is amazing. It is their 14th straight home playoff game. 14 in a row. How long did we go that the Chiefs did not have a home game at Arrowhead? Or or, or the, the long stretch between that the Chiefs didn't play at Arrowhead? They had no playoff games at home. Like very few. Like that's none. Now they've got 14 straight. And it will likely end if the Chiefs win. If they lose, they can keep it alive next year. If they win, they're probably going to Buffalo. It would be hard to see Buffalo losing. But you know what? Buffalo's capable of three turnovers every time they play. Anything can happen. Looking forward to this game. It's going to be exciting. The Chiefs, in conjunction with Sporting Kansas City, announced that Miami will be here in April, April 13th, but not the Dolphins. This is Inter-Miami FC. It's the soccer team that Lionel Messi plays for, the most famous soccer player in the world. He's playing against Sporting Kansas City, and Sporting said, you know what? We can put 20000 in Children's Mercy Park, or we can put 50000 in Arrowhead. And they're choosing Arrowhead. So Sporting will play Inter-Miami FC April 13th at Arrowhead for Lionel Messi. It is believed this will be a tourist destination event that half the fans will come from all over the Midwest or out of town, that they may come from Omaha, Oklahoma City, Chicago, Denver, wherever, to come see Lionel Messi play. We'll see. Their big pitch for this to season ticket holders is this is going to keep the price down. That if we had 20,000 seats is all, we're looking at four, five, six hundred $600 tickets, and if we play it at Arrowhead, we can keep this down for more people. That makes sense. I believe in supply and demand. And that makes sense to me. I'm not a big soccer fan. I'm not circling my calendar, but if somebody offers me free tickets, um, I'm going to say maybe April 3rd. That sounds like Saturday of the Masters to me. That sounds like the Masters that day, and I just don't know. The Masters ends about 6 o'clock on Saturday. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, if I can watch the Masters comfortably here on, on a beautiful day on my back patio and still get to Arrowhead to see Messi, maybe. I won't say no yet but I'll just say maybe on that one. The Michigan Wolverines are the champions of college football. They beat Washington 34-13. Stan Weber on this podcast yesterday told you everything you needed to know about this game, and he was spot on, perfectly right, every single word of it. The Wolverines ran, and they ran, and they ran, and they ran some more. 303 yards total. Blake Corum had 134 yards and two touchdowns. Donovan Edwards busted two Long touchdown runs in the first quarter to set the tone for this game. Washington got hit in the mouth. They hung in there. Washington did a lot of things right in this game. I'll get to what they did wrong in a moment. They did a lot of things right, but Michigan did everything right. They played mistake-free. They punted the football when necessary. They played defense. They didn't commit a lot of penalties. They did exactly what the Chiefs need to do in the postseason. If you watched this game last night and you watched Michigan... That's what the Chiefs need to be in the postseason. Four or five times in the second half, Washington, after being down 17-3, had a chance to tie the game. They had the ball with a chance to tie the game, I think five possessions in a row, and never did it. And the reason they didn't do it is the most hurtful reason at all if you're a Washington Huskies fan. It is not that your team wasn't good enough. It is not that they played in a different conference. It's not any of these other things that people will point at. There's a very 
sad truth to the sport of football, and that is if your quarterback pukes and doesn't play well, you don't win. And Michael Penix Jr. was the best player in this game, going into this game. And it wasn't like completely mistake-filled football. He had the interception where his own lineman stepped on his foot and a, and a Michigan lineman barely tipped the ball and Michigan got the interception. It wasn't that he didn't turn it over. There was a turnover. It was the misses. There were some dropped balls by Washington receivers, but he missed wide open guys. There were five or six plays in this game where he had an open receiver that would have gone to a touchdown and uh, total two or three of them. He missed the guy two or three others. He threw the wrong receiver. He had receivers wide open for touchdown and didn't see the field. Now I've not heard a single person say Michael Penix doesn't see the field well and doesn't read because all he had all year was these long touchdowns and all these big plays. They were there. You want to credit Michigan for doing everything right. But ultimately what happened is Michael Penix peed his pants. He did. It happens. That young man lost a lot of money last night because I'd never seen that. I've watched that guy play 10 times. I watch a lot of late night Pac-12 football. I watched him play 10 times over the last two years. I watched him a lot. I never at any moment watched him and thought he's not seeing the field. He doesn't see his guys wide open for a touchdown. And it was exposed last night in a massive way. Yes, he missed a couple of throws to wide open guys. But worse than that is the number of times he didn't throw to his wide open guys. You can miss a couple of wide open throws if you throw to all your wide open guys six times because you're going to hit two or three of them. And those would have been touchdowns. I believe if Michael Penix had played better in that game last night, not peed his pants, which is clearly what it was, whether it was nerves, under duress. He's very calm. His feet are calm. He's a very quiet quarterback back there in the pocket. There's a lot to like about his game, man. I'm telling you, I like this kid. But something happened in this game that he was not himself. And you can't be that guy. You cannot be the quarterback that does not see the receivers open. You can't be that guy. And he was. And Washington lost because their quarterback didn't play well enough. And he was the best player by far going into this game of anyone on either team. You, and you would say if Washington wins tonight, it's going to be because of Michael Penix. And they would have, they would have won that game. If he played one of his regular games, he did not. All right. The far, well, Jim Harbaugh, now he's going to be like, okay, Harbaugh won his national title. Is he going to the NFL? A lot of people think it's automatic. He's going to go be the chargers coach and coach Justin Herbert. But Caleb Williams is sitting out there who at his best is a Mahomes clone. When he scrambles around and throws, he does freakish things, sidearm, across the field, all that stuff. Caleb Williams got some massive skills. There's plenty of quarterbacks in this draft. With the Bears, Matt Eberflus coached very well at the end of the year for the Bears. They're committed to Justin Field, but they're on the clock. Why wouldn't you take Caleb Williams and have a quarterback controversy? Just do it. Why wouldn't you? Draft choice is cheap. You don't have to pay him for a while. Get him in with your own eyes and take a look and see if that's your guy. If that's the case, if Jim Harbaugh wants to go to the NFL, would he just go where Caleb Williams is going? And if the Bears aren't drafting him, Washington is next. There is no reason that Jim Harbaugh with Caleb Williams can't win big in Washington with the commanders. None. Zero. I don't know where he's going to go. But people seem convinced he's leaving college football. I don't blame him. What the NCAA did to him and his program this year was a joke. It was an absolute joke. 
And most coaches I've talked to have said the same thing. They think it's a joke. They're like, no, you change your signals every week. It doesn't matter if you're videotaping signals and telling the coaches, here's some of their tells or trends or whatever. You change every week. It's, become, uh, it's, it's on you each week to change your signals so the other team doesn't know what you're doing. We'll see with Harbaugh. You're way too early. College football odds are out. This is for next year. National championship odds. George is the favorite. Here's a crazy one, folks. These are odds to win the national title. Okay, not odds to win your league. Odds to win the national title. George is the favorite. Missouri is the ninth team in the SEC in the listing of odds. Vegas odds makers have Missouri ninth in the SEC. That's, I mean, if you believe in value and putting a wager on national titles, there it is. Now, I don't, I don't even do things like waste 20 bucks on Missouri, K-State, or KU or something to win a national title in football. I don't think they're there. Maybe the college football playoff changes that. Maybe you get in, you get a good draw, the good teams get knocked off. It's possible. There's a pathway now. Not every year does the best team win the Super Bowl. Certainly not every year does the best team win in college basketball. So there's a pathway now. Maybe it's different than it's been. But Missouri ninth in the SEC, according to the Vegas odds? Wow. In the Big 12, Utah is favored. Well, I'm sorry. They have the best odds to win the national title. Kansas State is second. And KU's in a four-way logjam for anywhere between fifth and eighth with Iowa State, Oklahoma State, and Texas Tech, maybe. So uh, K-State and Utah are the favorites in the Big 12 next year. Final Associated Press poll is out. Missouri finishes eighth in the country this year. What an astounding year for Eli Drinkwitz and the Missouri Tigers. Tremendous performance. K-State finishes 18th. Kansas finishes 23rd. Pretty darn good year of college football, if I say so myself. Our final final is brought to you by Roberts Robinson, Chevrolet GMC, online at robertsrobinson.com, home of the lifetime warranty. If they don't find, if they don't have it and they don't find it, they'll build it for you. Yeah, any Chevy Silverado, GMC, Sierra, or SUV from either line, like the Chevy Blazer that I drive, low interest rates and maximum discounts available right now. It's back. The old days are back at robertsrobinson.com. You can shop, click, and drive at Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC with Chevrolet Find New Roads. Window World, simply the best for less. Spring is a perfect time to start thinking about replacing those windows. You're looking at all the moisture on your windows today, and you're feeling that draft coming in. You don't have to deal with that this summer when the heat's coming in because it comes in too. You probably just don't see it and feel it like you do in the winter. If you need to replace some windows, now is an excellent time to have Window World come out and get you an estimate So when the weather turns here and gets just a little bit warmer and nicer, they can do the work and fix your home with American-made products with lifetime warranties that will save you on your energy bills. Lifetime, did I say lifetime warranty? And low prices? Window World is the official windows of the Kansas City Chiefs, and they are simply the best for less. And Back 9 Development, if 2024 is your year to start a new build job, contact my man TJ Vilkanskis at Back 9 Development. We've got some friends that are building a custom home with Back 9 Development. They're very excited about it. They've begun the process with TJ and his designers and architect team. Call TJ at 785-236-0161 for your custom home, commercial property, or even a big room addition. Back9development.com.
Our final final, we asked the question, are the Carolina Panthers the worst NFL team ever? Well, we can't say yes to that because they did win two games. This is crazy. I've never heard anything like this. The Carolina Panthers, this past year in the NFL, never took a single snap with a lead in the fourth quarter. Never. 17 games. They never led for one play in the fourth quarter. The two games they won, they won on field goals as time expired to zero. This team never took a snap of the fourth quarter with a lead for the entire year. That's unbelievable. Then the idiots drafted the wrong quarterback last year, and the idiots traded away the number one pick this year to the Chicago Bears. This is a mess of an organization, the Carolina Panthers. They might be the worst-run franchise I've ever seen, and there's been some real contenders for this. There were a couple of years in Kansas City where they were up at the top of the list, but my God, the Carolina Panthers. Their owner threw a drink on a fan and got fined $300,000. This thing is a disaster. Carolina is a hot, hot mess. And it's said that Jim Harbaugh is interested in the position at Carolina, but the owner doesn't like the idea because he has to give up his own controls to Harbaugh in the contract. Did he have to give up certain things that the owner wants control of? Oh, boy, that's a bad situation. In Carolina, I had no idea. They never led for a single snap in the fourth quarter all season long. That is crazy. We're back with you on Wednesday. Be careful with all the snow and stuff going on here in the Midwest. We'll be talking a little college basketball on the podcast tomorrow. On Tuesday night, Missouri is at Kentucky, 6 o'clock ESPN. I don't like Missouri's chances in that one. Kansas State's on the road at West Virginia. We'll see. West Virginia isn't very good. And on Wednesday, K-State, uh, KU is at Central Florida. They apparently are terrible. And that should be an easy win for Kansas out on the road tomorrow. So everybody in action over the next 24 hours. We'll ramp up our college football coverage here, or college basketball coverage here at KKHI. And in the meantime, we'll ask you to hit that like, follow, or subscribe button, or become a patron at kkasissues.com. We do patron podcasts during the week and a newsletter every week, and I think you'll really like it. It's only five bucks a month, and we'd be honored to have you on board as a patron of Kevin Keatsman Has Issues. Kevin Keatsman Has Issues has been presented by Roberts Robinson Chevrolet GMC and is produced by Crooked Tail Media. Please hit the like or follow button wherever you listen or give us a review. For premium content podcasts and weekly newsletter, join as a patron at kkhasissues.com for as little as $5 a month. Support all our sponsors and other conservative businesses at the kklist.com. This has been a production of Cricket Tail Media Incorporated.